still finally gave the Ringers Philly crew a podcast. I'm Ben Solak. And I'm Shiel Kapadia. That's right, just a couple Philly guys with the new space to fire off some Eagles takes, get caught up in the Sixers chaos, and more. We'll be coming to you twice a week on Sundays and Thursdays, plus bonus episodes whenever we get breaking news or Philly drama. Plus, when Harden and Embiid somehow convince you suckers that this year's going to be different, our fellow Philly stands at the Ringer will have you covered on the Sixers and all your other favorite teams in town. It's Philly Sports Shield. What could possibly go wrong? Join the fun and follow the Ringer's Philly special now on Spotify. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. And present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about what up world you're listening to the full goal with jason golf presented by the ringer a spotify original Welcome into episode 252 of the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff. I'm Jason Goff. Hey, how y'all feeling? Uh, brought to you by The Ringer and, of course, Spotify is the gang. Chris Sutton, Tony Gill, always on the ride with us. And this is the local angle, by the way. Shout out to our good people over at FanDuel TV. You know you can catch the Full Go Sundays, Tuesdays, Thursdays on Spotify, wherever you get your pods, but most importantly on Spotify. Um, guys... It's happening. It is happening. You know, I'm not a spin the block guy. You feel me? Once I'm done with you, I'm done with you. I don't like coming back and checking back in on you unless it's on Facebook to see how poorly your life is going. You feel me? But these Chicago White Sox have not lost in the month of June. They are in the Big Apple right now, taking on John Yastrzemski's New York Yankees. And they come away with a big victory against a team that didn't have Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton still out there. That kid Volpe, that shortstop for the Yankees, though, is prime time. Like, that dude's going to be a real, real player. I enjoyed watching him and him run the bases, more importantly. Like, that dude, that dude has instant. Stinks for a young player, but 
The game was everything you want out of the White Sox. First of all, they sweep the Tigers. You feel good about that, right? Everybody's up in arms. Yeah, only five and a half back of them bum-ass twins who are only a game over 500. Steve Stone telling people, yeah, this is when the best teams start to play their best baseball. And I'm just sitting here in the cut like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I don't spin the block. You got to show me. You have to show me. And this Yankees-White Sox game did everything to confound and also um, enlighten me about what I need to do in terms of my summer plans. First of all, I want to shout out to Major League Baseball and the rule changes. Um, Yankees games used to take three and a half, four hours on the regular. Okay? You watch a Red Sox-Yankees game, you're going to be there for at least seven, eight, nine, ten hours maybe, right? Don't don't throw a doubleheader in there. You you there for two days. Okay? That's not happening anymore. I sat down, first pick happen next thing you know two hours and 20 something minutes later we out of this piece i don't know about y'all and i know people are bitching right now about baseball and oh i want to spend time at the ballpark is they're, they're rushing me out of my summer no 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 pack this bitch up we got shit to do you hear me i got babies to put to bed at 8 30 let's let's get it going and what makes it better then Lucas Giolito coming out there and throwing six innings of no-hit baseball against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. I know no Aaron Judge, but you still got Stanton in there. You still got that jerk Josh Donaldson out there. He went deep. All right, but this was the Lucas Giolito Sebi Savali game, and then all of a sudden, we'll get to what happened in the seventh inning, but Lucas Giolito, slider was sliding, all right? We all know now at this point, because he looked like Lucas Giolito from a couple of years ago, a few years ago, Cy Young candidate Lucas Giolito. But we all know it's a velocity thing with Lucas. That fastball was hitting 95, 96. When that's happening, that slider is damn near unhittable, right? And his slider and his changeup were working. His off-speed stuff is working. He threw a 3-2 changeup, I believe, to Anthony Rizzo, a dude who is famous for the B-hack, choking up, making sure that he's getting contact on the baseball. He, He struck out Josh Donaldson, and we all know what happened between he and Josh Donaldson. Uh, a year ago where he was insinuating that Lucas Giolito was out here using the sticky stuff and all that other garbage that was going like Josh Donaldson has been uh, a thorn in the side of Chicago White Sox baseball players and him and Tim Anderson know exactly what Josh Donaldson is on so to see him strike out Josh Donaldson and also you know not fall into the prey of throwing at guys and doing all that goofy shit like you got to win games you got to win games and that's what happened Lucas Giolito goes out there, throws six innings of no-hit baseball. His off-speed stuff was magnificent. But, of course, you know, in the name of all things that are holy and Steven Strasburg's elbow, pitch count comes into play. You got to sit him down. You go to Joe Kelly, who's been one of the better relievers in the last month in all of Major League Baseball. Go ahead and look up the numbers. Joe Kelly has been rock solid, right? This is a guy who was oft injured since he's been a Chicago White Sox. You've seen him star, and then you've seen him also falter. If Joe Kelly can be the dude that they signed a couple of years ago, like be that dude, this team is a little bit different, right? Because you set up your bullpen the way you want it set up. Kelly, Graveman, then Liam Hendricks. Now, Liam Hendricks, he got taken yard. Right by Josh Donaldson, but that's okay. That's fine. You know, you know, Liam Hendricks just just stared cancer down. You know, and shout out to Josh Donaldson for being pro cancer, by the way, because that's all I took from that at bat. You know, <laughs> Liam out there just his first real save opportunity, high leverage moment, Yankee Stadium. You're supposed to just go ahead and swing at three pitches, go sit your punk ass down. But of course, if anybody's gonna be for cancer, it would be Josh Donaldson, right? And and that's how I look at it. Uh, and none of this is in jest. I 
I believe that he is actually one of the people who is rooting cancer on because that's the kind of asshole Josh Donaldson is. But Lucas Giolito did his job. Liam Hendricks did his job. Sevi Savala comes in there and hits what can only be thought of as a Yankee Stadium home run. This joint was like 320 feet, like soaking wet, right? Like that's every inch of the baseball that he caught, 320 feet into that right field corner. And then his second at bat, he goes up there and hits a 435-foot bomb. Like when I saw Clark Schmidt's name on the Dinger Tuesdays fan duel situation, the last guy I had in my head was, yeah, Sebi Savala's going to go, you know, two for four and hit two home runs and damn near win the game by himself. But that's what he did. But that's not why you're here. Because if you've been watching Chicago White Sox baseball all year long, you know, at some point there is a nut kicking moment. It doesn't matter when. Sometimes it happens in the first three innings. Sometimes it happens in the middle three. Usually it happens at the end of the game when it's most detrimental. But Andrew Benintendi, And Luis Robert Jr. in the seventh inning with the no-hitter still on the line. Joe Kelly trying to go ahead and do that whole combination no-hitter thing. Luis Robert Jr. just simply tails off the baseball while Andrew Benintendi is converging on it as well. And Luis Robert Jr. goes and gets everything, right? He is a gold glove level center fielder. But in those moments, you know, these are the things that have gotten the White Sox beat all year long in the last two years. So even in a win, you're looking at things like, you know what? I thought y'all was going to clean this shit up. I thought you guys were going to be better than this. And for Luis Robert Jr. to play the way he played leading up to that moment, because last week or so has been a struggle. He's been like something like a 540-something OPS. Like, he's been really up and down this year. And his defense can't falter because this team does not have the margin of, for error that other teams have. Right. So your defense has to be on point at all time. And then this is the other thing, too, because even in a win, I feel horrible. I feel horrible as a White Sox fan, because even in a win, five of the last six games, four in a row, you beat the shit out of the Tigers. Now you're going to try to handle the New York Yankees without Aaron Judge, who is going on the injured list with that uh, sprained ligament in his toe and contusion after running into the outfield wall the night previous. Yo, Yoan Mankata, if Jake Berger hits a walk-off grand slam the game before, I need to find Jake Berger's name in the lineup somewhere. And I'm not a lineup guy. I'm not a guy that's pouring over the line. Oh, why isn't this guy in white? I think over 162 games, it's going to balance itself out. But Pedro Grifo, you know, going with Yohan Mankata, right? Because Yohan Mankata is the dude that everyone clamors for when he's hurt. And then when he's on the field, you're like, okay, he's got his glove and that's about it. Yohan Mankata at one point into tonight's action in a very tight ball game, right? This 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 ball game was within three runs all game long. In a tight ball game, Yohan Mankata hits a baseball to second base. Second baseman feels the ball. Yohan Mankata busts his ass out of the box because he thought he smelled a hit. Then all of a sudden, the second baseman gets to the ball, throws it to first base. But by that time, he had already decelerated enough that it wouldn't even matter. It wouldn't even have been a bang-bang play. And these are the little things that I'm talking about. Yo, for the scouting department and for the people who are developing these young players at the Cubs, the Cubs, that the White Sox have signed, acquired, or uh, matriculated through their minor league system, for whatever reason, there are these lapses And they're the lapses that just are uncalled for, are inexcusable. I got no problem 
no problem with you booting a baseball, right? Because you, you know, you're locked up in the head or whatever the case may be. But the the physicality of running the first base. It should be as simple as that. And I know this team kind of got sold. You can slow it down or you could decelerate, especially if your quads are tight or if your calves are tight because there's a bunch of soft tissue injuries that have been plaguing this team for the last two or three years. But God damn it, at some point, y'all, y'all ain't good enough for this shit. You're not good enough for this. You can't Cadillac it, and I hate that term. I hate that term because it's a baseball term, and we all know what that baseball term means. You feel me? Like, I remember when I used to hear, oh, he pimped that home run, and he's Cadillacing it to first base. And I'm like, why don't you just go ahead and say what you really want to say? Huh? Why don't you just go ahead and, and put that little sauce on it that you really want to put? I mean, if anything, if there's any sport, you can put that sauce on it, and you ain't going to get too many replies in the clubhouse because ain't too many of us in there. You go ahead and say what you need to say. But yeah, as I was saying, he Cadillacs his ass all the way to first base. And I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. The dude who has hit 11 home runs so far this season, or 12, 11 of them at guaranteed rate field. I know you're on the road, but this man just won you a game. Put his ass to second base. Put him at third base. Like, these are the things. Reward the players that deserve it, that are out there busting their ass, right? The talent's going to take care of itself. And obviously, this is the problem for me because talent-wise, this team should not be touched in this division, talent-wise. But if it were all about talent, we'd be talking about a World Series run at, at least by now these last three years because they're that talented a squad. So what's the problem? What's the disconnect? Well, guess what? When, you, when you're too cool for school in the outfield and you're not calling off Andrew Benintendi, balls drop in. They break up no hitters. When you're not busting your ass down the first baseline like Pedro Grafold told me they, they would be doing, that's what I was told. That's what I was told. I was told that this team wouldn't have those issues this year. And even in a win, they won four games in a row. And I know they're not going to ever play a clean baseball game, but God damn it, get close to it. Get a little bit closer. Like, these are the expectations. And the only reason I'm upset is because where they are right now, they shouldn't be. I don't care about all the injuries. You're talented enough. So for the Eloy Jimenez's of the world, the Luis Robert Jr.'s of the world, the Tim Anderson's of the world, the sprint speed has been documented. These guys have not been running as fast as they have in previous moments in their careers. Tim Anderson, Yoan Mankata, all these guys. Like, at some point, y'all just going to be the coolest motherfuckers who get bounced out of the playoffs or don't even make it. So, like I've been saying, and I have said about basketball before, you build your game in the regular season. The White Sox can't rely solely on talent because they're going to run into teams that are better than them, and all of those errors and all of that slow base running and all the miscommunication in the outfield is going to bite you in the ass, and we've seen that happen in playoff series. So, yeah, I'm happy as hell. My team has won four games in a row, but the way it's happening just isn't refined enough for me. Let's have higher standards out here. And that's all I got. So go White Sox. John Yastrzemski, that Yankees outfit that you got going on over there. It, it feels like the Yankees, but that, 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 don't, that don't, you know, it don't look like the Yankees. You know, it's a little shaky. You throwing Clark Schmidt out there and hoping for the best, okay? And he still had himself a fine outing. So White Sox baseball continues to confound me. And if you guys can hear it in my voice, I'm being dragged back in. Yeah, yeah. I just told you I don't spin the block, but I ain't got shit else to do this summer. So the block will be spun. The White Sox are going to get that you up text from your boy.
Check us out on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays right here on the Full Gold Podcast. This has been The Local Angle. It's almost time to crown an NBA champion, and FanDuel wants you to be a part of the excitement because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's right, $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. All right, for our same game parlay, game three, we as a show here at The Full Go have come up with the fact that the Miami Heat plus two and a half, hey, that's free money if you're asking Chris Sutton, ladies and gentlemen. Gave Vincent to score 20 or more points from my man Tony Gill, and I'm going to round it off with Jimmy Butler having six or more assists. All right, the same game parlay that is bound to get you some money. The Miami Heat plus two and a half gave Vincent 20 or more points. Jimmy Butler, six or more assists. Ten bucks can win you 93. Good luck and get money. You know what I love about betting on FanDuel? everything, but also the great promotions that you see every single day. And the app is safe and secure. You don't have to worry about people running around with your information, right? In the evil, dark, twisted internet age. And you get paid instantly, quick, fast, and in a hurry. You're not sitting around waiting for your money. It's right there in your account as soon as the bet is won. There's no better place to bet all the finals action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash full go and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash F-U-L-L-G-O. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and over in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER and visit FanDuel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts, visit www mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y to 467-369 in New York, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambling.net in West Virginia. Shout out to everything that happened to the game of golf today. I have never seen (laughs) this much panic at the disco (laughs) about rich motherfuckers (laughs) fleecing other rich motherfuckers and and the scoundrel attitudes that these players are now looking at the higher ups with. Can you imagine? See, this is the thing. This is the thing. And I don't know if I told these stories and I'm probably not going to tell much of this story, but I, you know, I was raised by all hustlers. Now do whatever <laughs> that what you want, but I was raised by hustlers. Okay. There's a certain code to things. There's certain ways that you have to carry yourself. Certain shit that just might get you knocked out. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, you gotta be very aware of your surroundings and how you move. Let me tell y'all something. 
because I'm here for the jokes. Y'all can talk about the, the game of golf and what's going to happen and how, you know, how sad and verklempt and all this other emotional shit that y'all going through out here. Can you imagine what would happen to, let's say, a businessman or a businesswoman, say a business person? Say you told this business person, hey, this company's got 800 M's for you, but if you go work there, it's going to be a bad look for you. You know, this politically, you know, the climate is not, is not, you know, uh, allowing for that. Um, uh, you know, it, it's going to, it's going to set you apart from all your peers. You're going to be ostracized in the circles that you ran around in previously. So, you know, just have some allegiance, have some loyalty, stay, stay down with the cram. We are the PGA. And then you don't do it. (laughs) And the same people turn around and say, you know what? The motherfuckers got a lot of money. (laughs) We thought y'all was just joking. We didn't know that this money was real. Can I ask y'all something? I, I, I ain't the only one that's been hearing all this conversation around Saudi princes and, you know, all the money that's over there. Like you hear about dudes having 25 Rolls Royces and you hear about cats flying in Drake for, you know, a baby shower for a million dollars for 35 minutes. You hear about Beyonce's $21 million concert. There there are three soccer players that are going to amass over a billion dollars in contracts over the next four years that are going to be playing there. At what point did y'all think that they was fucking around with the money? Hmm? At what point were y'all looking at everybody like, hey, uh, hey, we, 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 you know, it's the Saudis, you know, 9-11 and Jamal Khashoggi and all these other things. And all those things are relevant and all those things are important to be talked about. But <laughs> y'all can't do it. What has been the most exclusive professional association in terms of sporting that we um, recognize, right? The PGA, the elite of the elitist. (laughs) You talk about the lack of inclusion for not just women at a lot of these clubs, but the the, the anti-Semitic nature of the game of golf for a very long time. The anti-black nature of the game of golf for a very long time. You want to fuck around and really talk about what goes on at the Masters and how everybody jokes about it being the, the you know, the, 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 the place and the, the venue and the land that time forgot? You want to know why? You want to know why? You, you, y'all see what they, they have to help walk around in? And y'all see the color of the help at the Masters. Don't get it twisted. Like, if we really want to talk this shit, let's talk this shit. So for anybody, for anybody involved with the PGA to wave their righteous finger at someone and say, you know what? That's bad money over there. That money is blood money. That money is money where, you know, you don't know where that comes from. And I'm like, hey, man, uh, Go get every dollar bill out of everyone's pocket in this country. <laughs> and and I'm sure at the root of it, there's going to be some blood. And I'm going to probably let you know what kind of blood that is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on, man. I love the sanctimonious, overly righteous bullshit when it comes to money. Because this is the other thing, too. Everybody got a cost. Everybody got a price. Right? <laughs> like... And I heard I heard Mike Tyson say this the other day. He said, um, humans weren't born humble. 
They were born to be humbled. So you run into your moments where you're riding high, everything's good, and then life sits you on your ass. There is no point in time that I am going to look anybody's $800 million check in the face and go, you know what? I don't know about y'all business dealings. <laughs> hey, man, after about, I don't know, $50 million? Yeah, there's probably questions you should ask about anybody's business deal. Like, like, let's keep it funky. You know what I mean? Like, you got the owner of the Detroit Pistons who was making a fortune out of phone prison calls. Yeah, go ahead and look it up. Okay, so while we're all doing this purity test and and what we need to feel and think, because, yeah, we really care about this issue. Y'all don't give a shit about nothing. Y'all cared about the money leaving (laughs) for more money. And then y'all took their money. If I'm Rory McIlroy, y'all can kiss my ass and don't spare the crack. I I planted the flag for this entire thing and said, those guys going over there are disloyal. Those guys going over there are in it for the wrong reasons. I don't trust that money, all the things that have been done and how that money was, was, you know, um, accumulated. Stop playing with me. Stop it. Stop it. So yeah, while, while, while the, the, you know, the, the golf community is on fire right now, I'm sitting back <laughs> eating popcorn. Like this is hilarious. <laughs> you, you got mega millionaires looking at, you know, billionaires and saying, ah, you know, I don't know where their money comes from. Well, where does yours come from? Huh? Huh? The, the tiger woods revolution ain't that long ago. <laughs> like when we talk about history, and historical significance and footnotes in time. We only talk about 25 years ago where there wasn't many brothers running around on these courses. And shout out to all y'all brothers that ran immediately. Y'all saw Tiger get out there. Y'all saw Mike wear a Kango with a Nike sign on it. And all of a sudden, all you motherfuckers went to Dick Sporting Goods and got cleats and, and, and clubs and balls and started messing around, joining these clubs that they don't want y'all at. Like, hey, man, I'm with it. I'm down. You know what I mean? All the jokes started coming out about us having cookouts on the, on the fairway, all that shit. It all was cute. It was all cute. And then Tiger slowly because his career come to an end starts to fade away it becomes their sport again and then all of a sudden somebody goes hey uh these brown people over here offering a whole lot of goddamn money phil mickelson you already know his vibe (laughs) phil got debt (laughs) phil got shit to pay so phil was out of here right like (laughs) justin thomas he recorded what happened while he was at his practice round when the news was breaking. He got like 622 messages during his hour-long practice run because everybody in golf was like, what the hell just happened? They just pulled a rug from underneath us. They told us not to take the money, and then they went and took it. So for everybody sitting around trying to figure out who's in the right, who's in the wrong, it's the almighty dollar bill. A lot of people fold for it. Some people fold later than others, and some don't even get it. So if I am Tiger Woods, if I am Rory McIlroy, if I am anybody, Justin Thomas, if I am Brooks Kepka, anybody who got a little bit of a, a nod or a glance or maybe even an offer from Live Golf and said no because of everything that they represented, and now you're going to have to mess around and be under their umbrella without that dough? Yeah, it couldn't be me, fam. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Y'all already know me. I'll torpedo this whole shit for a ham sandwich, never line of $800 million. You kidding me? If I, if 
first, first major, I am teeing off backwards in protest. You hear me? I am ruining your entire event. Y'all took money out of my pocket. Enjoy a Roy McElroy-less weekend at the PGA Championship. You feel me? Like Enjoy me not being a part. I am out here going putt-putt course out here. I'm out here with the little beanie with the propeller at the top. I'm wearing all the shit that you shouldn't wear at the golf. Oh, yeah. We, we changing the game. You going to take 800 M's out of my pocket? You going to take one M out of my pocket? No, 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 no. And that serves you right. That serves you right for being sanctimonious. That serves you right for, for having people pass purity tests that the organizations that you root for and people on this soil in this country can't even pass. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen. You got hijacked. You, you got you got bamboozled. You got hoodwinked. You got everything all, all the way around. And you didn't even get a check. If I'm Phil Mickelson, I'm sitting in the cut like, told you, motherfuckers. Told you. <laughs> Shouldn't have trusted any of them. Go get that paper. Simple as that. I love what I'm seeing in terms of the discourse on social media and with my friends when it comes to the PGA and the live golf situation. They're going to make these motherfuckers run around and play team golf now, too. You're talking about heads exploding. Baseball changes their rules every, like, 67 years. Golf <laughs> golf is like, hey, by the way, um, teams, <laughs> enjoy yourself. <laughs> I love it, dog. I love it. Bravo for the hijinks and the chaos and all of the tears that are happening out there right now. It's even, it's, it's even funnier when this is about a sport that I don't care about. So no. I can just laugh hey. and point and be entertained and by all of this. It's hilarious to me. You know, you know, one of the greatest things about this, this uh, pod is that uh, I don't have to fuck around and act like I care about things I don't care about. It's amazing. I pray Bill don't know how long it's going to last, but thank you for giving me this outlet because this shit has been hilarious to watch and also hilarious to comment on. I saw all of the I'm sorry. I'm like, wait a minute. There's there was all the what's all the hubbub. And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> they, they pulled the flim flam. They pulled the oldest flim flam in the book. We've all done it to our partners. Yeah, man, you ain't want to really fuck with her, dog. She, you know, I heard she, you know, I heard that ain't the move, you know. I heard she, uh, she out here bad. You know, next thing you know, 3.15 in the morning, you up? <laughs> you are, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I ran. Uh, yeah, you know, we met up. We met up. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. And then your boy looking at you because he can't say shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? He can't say nothing. It's all, it's all fair and love and war. That's how the PGA is looking at these players. Like, hey, man, she was up, fam. <laughs> she answered the you up text. You feel me? I was on the way to the crib. I was going home. You know, just hit White Castle. I was going home. You know, and then, uh, and then I hit her, make sure she got home straight. And then next thing you know, I was like, I come through. I got the fire stick, you know, and that's what happened. Next thing you know, team golf. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. PGA players, enjoy that bubble gum and whatever else you got. <laughs> because you will have to savor the flavor, neighbor. <laughs> I can't, boy, I, I would start shooting golf balls. You hear me? <laughs> T, hey, up, up at the next tee, Jason Golf. Yeah, <laughs> full form. <laughs> <laughs> Gooseneck. <laughs> every every swing would be a shot. <laughs> you hear me? Take the ball off the ground, shooting it. Rory, what are you doing? Uh, well, you know, I'm 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 testing out my new rules. <laughs> I got I got two three houses I could have built. Y'all messed around and stuff. 
stepped on my money. Nah, I'm going to step on y'all game. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun because everything's about to subside. We only going to have golf and baseball. Yeah, this shit ain't over. And you know, you know why it ain't over? Because dudes' wives read the paper too. And these dudes are about to get the, the, um, the uh, reckoning of a lifetime. Right? I've always made the joke that Bulls fans wanted Carmelo Anthony to come here. Right. And I was like, yo, he'd have to turn out fifty four million dollars to come here and play with that. Oh, he don't want to be a champion. He doesn't want to play with that. Hey, man, you tell Lala Anthony that fifty four million dollars ain't in the bank account. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I, I keep reminding people, you can't tell your woman that fifty four hundred is missing. Nevertheless, fifty four million. Yeah. Try being Rory McElroy and some of these other dudes who's sitting at the crib upset about, you know, the stance that they took. And also your lady like, damn, that's 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 how much we lost. Sheesh. I thought I ran. I thought I married a decision maker. This is uh, a. <laughs> This is no bueno. <laughs> Let me call the Mickelson, see how they doing. Yeah, man. Y'all out here messing up happy homes. <laughs> Y'all out here messing up happy homes. So shout out to the PGA for giving me something to laugh about today. Ha ha. <laughs> we'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. All right, man. So, you know, I, uh, I've been watching you know your your uh, your media career glowing up here in the city of Chicago <laughs> and and also elsewhere. Um, listen, yeah. man, tell people the Clay Harbor story, okay? Because I want to know how uh, you know from Libertyville to Dwight to Missouri State. I want to know what it's like to to be a, a part of the New England Patriots and the Detroit Lions in the same year. Like, yeah. tell me, tell me the story, man. What's what's the genesis of the Clay Harbor story? Because I know people here in the city over these last you know six eight months or so have gotten. Who is this guy? Yeah, no, no, they they've gotten. Listen, all I saw was like, oh shit, they didn't hide a, a, a big pretty light skinned motherfucker again. <laughs> like this is, you know, they, like <laughs> they phasing us out. You know, I'm out here. I might as well be Nino Brown color at this point. I'm like, they phasing it. I, I look at Alex Brown all the time. Like, they go come get you before they come get me. <laughs> but tell, hey, us, tell us about the, that's, the, be, that's the dude. That's the dude. That's the dude. Tell us about the story, man. Give us give us the, the, the background, the genesis yeah, of the man. Clay Harbor story. All right. We'll, we'll do it real quick, but uh, we'll, we'll start at the beginning, man. Born in Libertyville. I lived in Waukegan, Illinois, until I was like 10 
And then um, when the parents split up, I moved with my mom to central Illinois, and that's where I went to high school, small town, central Illinois. We started playing sports and ball, and bro, that I was I was dunking on kids. I was the only I was the only only brother in the whole town. I thought I was a uh, I thought I was a brother. I'm like, I am the best player in this. In I've met, there's never been a player as good as me. I'm playing against all these little white kids, man. I'm growing up. I'm just going crazy. Going crazy. I'm in 30 a game in junior high. You know, I'm getting 10 boards. You know, I'm just murdering it. Then they start. Yeah, hold, like, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. 30 a game in junior high with like what, seven, eight minute quarters, right? Something Bro, like that. You, so you're you. telling me you did not pass the ball. You did not do much for race relations in central Illinois. I was the only I was only growing the court, man. I, nobody knew how to cross them over. Then I went AAU and then I'm like, okay, I'm not really that good. You, know, <laughs> you, you, you got into a different environment and, and you know, got leveled out a little bit. You know, I'm pretty good, but I'm not, you know, I'm not LeBron, you know, I'm not back in, back in the day. It was MJ, but you know, I really thought I was that dude going up against that competition I was going up against. And I, I went to high school there in Dwight. And that's kind of why I ended up going to Missouri State University, small school. Like I mean, in in high school, my senior year, I think at fourteen hundred yards, twenty three touchdowns. But these schools coming in, they're like, "Are you really that good, or are you just catching passes over this five nine dude that's going to be an accountant? You know, he's going to school to to learn trigonometry. You know, you're going to play some ball. Like I'm like, I don't know. I think I think I'm legit." So I go to Missouri State. My brother went to Missouri State before me, okay. and uh, he was a linebacker. I was a tight end. My first, I go in as a wide receiver. My first two years, I was bad. I mean, I'm taking three steps to get in and out of routes. I mean, uh, my hands aren't great. And I'm like, dude, this, I'm just not, I'm just not cutting. My first two years, I don't play. I get yeah. redshirted my freshman year. I don't play. A couple of our senior tight ends get hurt. They go, Clay, you're our biggest wide receiver. We want you to move to tight end. I was salty too. Like, I don't want to play no tight end. First practice, I started running routes against linebackers. I'm a wide receiver. I go, this is so easy. Why did nobody else do this? I go from playing against quarterbacks to playing against wide receivers to running as linebackers. These guys can't guard me. I'm a wide receiver running against my sophomore year. I am first team All American in the FCS. Um, I go from not playing to All American. Yeah. Gain have to gain weight and learn how to block. Another All American year as a junior. Learned how to block as a senior. Got the invite to the East West Shrine game, the Combine. Played well there. Combine, 40 inch vert. Your boy had some bunnies. Um, 10 5 broad, 30 reps on the bench. Four five forty. I was a tester, you know. I used to I could block a little yeah, bit. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So I got drafted the skills in the round to the Eagles. I was hoping third. There was some chatter late second because I played so well in the all-star games. But went fourth. I was fine with that. I just wanted to get drafted. And uh, Philly was cool, man. Three years in Philly. And, you know, I was number two tight end. They brought in Chip Kelly. I knew I was gone at Chip Kelly. I was watching the drafts. I'm like, as long as they don't draft a tight end here, I'm good. And the Philadelphia Eagles select Zach Ertz. <laughs> oh, man. An all-timer. <laughs> I go, my bags are – I'm packing up. I'm leaving Philadelphia. So I ended up getting released, and uh, the Jaguars were first in the waiver wire because the Jaguars are bad. And um, 
they signed me. And uh, first game of the year, I actually played against Andy Reid. This was kind of a crazy deal. He was my old coach. First game of the year, he signed by Jaguars. Mercedes Lewis tears his calf. I'm playing. First game, first play of the year. I catch a 15-yard pass. I look to the sideline. There's my old coaches. I'm like, man, this is a crazy world. Andy Reid's over there still. You know, the coach that drafted me. Mm-hmm. Played with Jacksonville for three more years. Loved it in Duval. Played some good ball there. But when you're the worst team in the league, worst offense in the league three years in a row, your numbers aren't great. I'm getting 300 yards, two touchdowns, three touchdowns, whatever. But good time there. Then you, you were talking about the, the Patriots and the Lions in the same year. Yeah. I, had, I had an offer from the Jaguars. I had an offer from the Jets. Same offer. Patriots offered me the same deal. I'm a little salty. They told me they're gonna give me a raise. I, I went with my I went with my heart and not my head. I go, forget it. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna win a Super Bowl. I'm gonna play with Tom Brady. I'm gonna play with Gronk. You know, I'm gonna play with Edelman. I'll play with all these guys. My agent's like, yo, you have a good these guys love you in Jacksonville. You have a good niche. Why leave? Like you're you know, you're you're that you're the you're the move guy, mm-hmm. you're core four, you're starting in all the special teams. The special teams coach love me. Tight end coach, love me. The the front office, everything. But I was a little salty, and I'm like, you know what? You know how football players are. You look in the mirror, you see the best You see the best player in your position. Right. I go, obviously, Gronk's starting, but Martell, they just signed Martellus Bennett. He's like, yo, they just signed Martellus Bennett. They drafted A.J. Derby. They got this guy named Michael Williams, James Devlin. They got a – I don't care. So I ended up going to New England. End up getting the two reps. I'm beating out Marty a little bit to OTAs. Tear, uh, get bilateral adductor surgery. End up coming into training camp, miss miss OTA, most of the second half OTAs, miss training camp, come back a little early, get the last two preseason games in. Wasn't 100%. Packed my bags up, said, I ain't even making this team at all. The Patriots, I ain't making this team. No way, because if you're a vet, you know, I signed a two-year, $3.2 million contract. If you're a vet, they keep you that week one, you know what? You're getting paid that one six. I go, I'm gone. No way they keep me. I, I literally remember bags packed. I'm sitting in the hotel room because we don't find out until the media does. Right. I'm waiting, waiting for the call, phone, you know, waiting for oh man, okay. We went from 63 to to 60. All right, we went from 60 to 57. I didn't think they were gonna cut him. Mm-hmm. I mean, wait a second, 55, 54, no way. 53. Was my, my phone on? <laughs> I made this team that kept four tight ends? Like, okay, it was special teams. It kept me because of special teams. Special teams coach like me. They kept Gronk, Martellus Bennett, A.J. Derby, me, and James Devlin, who's a fullback that did the same type of stuff that I did. So mm-hmm. basically five guys do the same thing, but just because I played special teams, play five games with the Patriots, Injuries start happening. You know, obviously, I started looking around. Like, okay, you know, I think you know that they're going to have to bring some linebackers in. Linebackers are hurt. End up releasing me that week. Jets call, 49ers call, Lions call. Was going to Oakland called. Was on my way to Oakland. Was going to go to Oakland to give me nice signing bonus. You're going to be our number two guy. We're going to get you the ball. Lions said, "Hey, our, our number one tight end is down." He's going to be out for like six weeks. You're going to get to start. Like if I bet on myself, start, put up the numbers I think I'm capable of if I actually mm-hmm. get the reps, it's going to end up you know, working out for me. Go to 
signed with the Lions. First guy I see, Eric Ebron. I'm like, hey, man, sorry to hear about your leg. He's like, man, I'm good. I'll be back in a week. Oh, a week? Are you sure? <laughs> or, a week? You know, yeah. And he, he was back in a week. So I signed in Detroit and I ended up doing the same stuff when I shouldn't have, like, I was a little salty, but played Detroit. Okay. Next year, free agent. They want to bring me back. I'm salty. Not coming back. End up signing with New Orleans. Go to New Orleans, playing well. So my best football preseason last game of the year i break my wrist and my toe in the same game i'm on ir all year i'm on the roster obviously whatever a cured year did you know did you know it when it happened like did you know I knew, you were no, I, it was i was i knew the wrist happened i kept trying to play when you try to play through i was just like maybe it's something trying to do i was just trying to you know block people one hand you know you guys mm-hmm. you try to do it like that and then um yeah, end up going the whole year with the Saints. The Saints want to go younger. I don't blame them. I got hurt in preseason. Next year comes around. I end up going on a TV show. You guys probably heard about that. The Bachelor. Would you? Will you accept this rose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I end up re-injuring this damn wrist on The Bachelor. The same one I hurt in the sea. Wasn't wasn't healed. Doctor did some bad stuff, man. I should have seen his ass. <laughs> but anyways, wait. How'd you break your wrist on The Bachelor? It was the, it was never healed. It was, uh, the, the okay. guy never, uh, it was a bad surgery, never healed. He told, I went back to him and go, I don't think this is right. I don't think this is right. Went back three times. He told me, oh, you're good. You're good to go. You're, you're ready. I said, okay. And I went on the show, not thinking I was even going to do anything remotely athletic. Right. So I go out there. Right. You're playing a full tackle football game and hockey pads. These guys don't know it. They don't know how to brace for a tackle. Right. I play one play. I'm playing quarterback. I'm like, I'm not going to mess with these kids. I stiff arm a guy. I just felt a pop. I go, my my damn wrist. I, they talk about reality TV. I don't know how they got me doing this. <laughs> and after playing as long as I've played, right. as many stiff arm, as many people as I've played against, right. this got me here. This is a this is a medical device. This is a male model. I just right. stiff arm and I break my wrist. But it was never healed. So I come back and they, they want to like get me to like be, possibly be the bachelor, or whatever. I got to go on bachelor in paradise, but then I get, start getting calls, the Buffalo bills the Niners mm. want you to work out for us. You know, okay. Well, okay. Still got another, you know, this will be year 10. Right. I, long story short, I ended up having to rehab in New York city. There's not many fields. Freak accident happened. I ran into a wall while training, trying to run routes, locked up my side. One of the, the biggest, most pain I've ever been in. So then this, this workout's coming up with the bills in three weeks, getting closer. Can't even run two weeks out. Finally, my agents like, we've got to make a decision. Do we tell them there are we Did going or not? You know, yeah. I'm like, dude, like they're not going to call back if I cancel this workout. I go, I just get through this. I'll get a couple weeks before camp. We're good. Brian Dable, my old coach at new England, loved me when I left. He was like, dude, I, I, you know, he's like, I went on the table for you, man. He's like, I wanted you to stay here. He's like, whatever. You know, he's the offensive coordinator. Sean McDermott played with him in Philly. Go mm-hmm. on the field. Actually feeling pretty good. Get halfway through the workout. Plant, tear my groin. One, oh, I'm shit. the guy working out. The GM, head coach, everybody's out there. Health and your shape is going to sign me. Tear my groin. This is how my career ends. Uh, missed the whole season. You know, team's calling. Hey, is Harbor ready? We need a tight end. You know, when guys go down, they want the veteran. Right. My groin's torn. Can't come back tried to make a play coming back the next year. Like, dude, 
You were out the whole year with the Saints. You missed last year. You couldn't get through a workout. I'm like, those, those were freak accidents. In my opinion, you know, like, those are free. I can still play. You know, you're trying to explain this randomly midseason. XFL hits me up. Do you want to come up and work out? So, yeah, let's do it. Go to a workout. They're like, wow, you look good. Get signed with the Dallas running games. I just wanted to get some tape to show I could still do it. You know, like, give me like three, four games. And, you know, I'm playing these kids. These kids were good, talented kids. But, I mean, right. you know, I was showing that I could still do what I could do. COVID hit. Canceled the season right before I uh, got my first game in. So at that point, I'm like, yo, like, it just ain't meant to be. Like, this is whatever. Mm. Like, yeah, they're running uh, uh, another TV show called The Bachelor in Paradise that I went on as well, which was another <laughs> mistake looking back at it. But it was fun. <laughs> we got a lot of stories to tell. No, of course. Like, go on that, you know, whatever. That was fun. And um, after that, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out. Okay, what do I want to do? I like I'm getting offers for like TV stuff, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. this isn't the TV stuff you want to be doing. Though this is like <laughs> the 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 challenge from M- MTV. You know, like mm, you're getting okay, okay. Summer House or some like these dating shows or reality mm-hmm, shows. So mm-hmm. I try to distance myself from that. And I said, I'm just going to like open a gym. Got my got certified as a personal trainer, strength conditioning coach. Took a while. Certified at both. Decided that wasn't for me. Decided I want to get back in the game of football. Because you guys know how hard it is after playing, even watch. Like when you when you think you still should be playing. Yeah. So I just came up with this idea. I'm going to hit up my old teammates and my old coaches and stuff and be like, yo, I want to come to training camps. Just start tweeting. I'm just going to start tweeting about what I see at these games. And that's what I did. That's what happened last year at training camp. Hit up my friend. I live in Chicago. Hit up my friends in the Bears. Trevor Simeon, one of my one of my boys. T.J. Edwards this year, one of my boys. Uh, Roquan Smith, one of my boys. Just, Yo, can you guys give me passes? I don't even have credentials. I'm just hitting on my buddies to get me in training camp. Mm-hmm. I go to Jacksonville, hit up someone like Brandon Linder, uh, District uh, Tyler Shatley, get me in the field. They go back to Philly. Brandon Graham, you know, get me in training camp. So these guys, just my buddies, are getting me in camps. Next thing I know, it's building traction on Twitter that I'm getting these gigs. Next thing I'm on NBC Chicago, I'm on ESPN 1000, you know, I'm on CBS Sports, I'm starting to do all this stuff. And it all started from just this idea to go to these camps and start tweeting about it. And then it just started catching wind. And, you know, like tomorrow I'm I'm hosting 670 to score for three hours. Like that's fun, you know, and it's just like, it's been a really cool ride and I end up, I love it. It's exciting. I love talking sports. I love talking ball. And yeah, it's just, I mean, it's football. Yeah, dude, I love that shit. Cause it's, uh, you know, it's funny because the, the one question I get from like aspiring young journalists or young uh, content creators is like, what should I do? And I always tell them, find something and go cover it. Like you have all of these charity events, you got all of these things that happen during the summer. Publicists are always wanting people to be around for the look, go out there and get your own content and, you know, intellectual, uh, the, 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 the proprietary content that that only you can get the questions that only you can get. And the fact that you in the midst of understanding, okay, I've got a a couple of tough breaks and you know, the, the injury is the injuries are mounting up on me. I I need to go out here and spin this thing in a different way. Um, It's a testament to you. I, I, I definitely appreciate that in you. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by state farm. 
you might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong. But these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Bears talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the kick is good for the win! Fade to black! Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Let's get into this team. Uh, you mentioned TJ Edwards. Oh, um, yeah. I think, and this is something that I've been sitting on for a couple of weeks here, but I think the impact that they want out of Tremaine Edmonds because of the dollar amount that they gave him, I think yeah. they're going to get it out of TJ Edwards. And, and I think the fact that that dude, because a lot of people had to move around these last couple of years for the Philadelphia Eagles who, you know, like this dude out of Wisconsin is like better than everybody making all the plays. All of a sudden you're signing people, you're trading for people. Has- Hassan Reddick is out here getting defensive player of the year votes. And they're like, all right, we got to put him on the edge because this dude in the middle is a player. What about these new additions will change? Because we, we talk about free agency and other sports, and we we know, all right, basketball, you could change some things. There's only 12 yeah. guys who could dress. One guy out of the five on the floor is going to dominate the ball or or make a big impact. Baseball, the most individualistic sport of all, right? One batter, <laughs> one pitcher. You could be have a terrific season and your team be ass. And it's like, hey, but that was a good signing. Football don't work like that. No. You know, I, I go back to when the Bears started opening up the purse strings for guys like Adam Archuleta and Brian Cox back in the days and it's like yo don't matter what you did at a different spot if because of injuries and scheme and personnel and all those other things you put a football player in a different system or a different organization then you might get different um output or different productivity why will tj edwards so let's start with him why will tj edwards work and not only in this defense but in chicago i think because he's just such a smart football player, I mean, he, he didn't have it easy. He was an undrafted free agent. Yeah. They drafted Darian Thomas. They had Alex, Alex Singleton or Singletary. I mean, there was guys in front of him. They drafted N'Kobe no, Dean to try to come and take his mm-hmm. spot. You bring in Kaiser White. You bring in all these guys. Who is the leader of that Philadelphia Eagles defense? Who's calling the plays? Who's calling the shots? T.J. Edwards is still doing it. He did that for a reason because he's a guy that came in week in and week out and got it done. If I follow the Philadelphia Eagles because that's a team I played with, when they started playing TJ, he wasn't playing the whole season. That's something that people don't realize. Well, well, last year, this year he played the whole season. Last year he started playing halfway through the season. That's when the Eagles started winning games. They were People don't realize they did make the playoffs two years ago. But their first, like, six games, I think they were two and four, they bring TJ in, and he just starts balling out. He's been a graded high in PFF the last two years, top ten in tackles the last two years. He's just a smart player. He's a downhill player. He just knows how to play the game. And some people I know, I hear him say, oh, he's going to figure it out when he doesn't got this big D line in front of him. Right, right, right. He's right. not going to be able to. There was times when these guys were out and hurt. and. You go to two years ago when he was, had, had so much success. He didn't have some of those same guys. So TJ has done it his whole career. And then even you go back to Wisconsin. This yeah. guy was a quarterback in high school. Smart guy. Smart player. Quarterback in high school. Comes in. They don't know where to play him. 
they they want to get him on the field somewhere. They moved him to linebacker. He is just a smart, intelligent player, and he's going to get it done. He's one of my favorite pickups we had this year. Obviously, Tremaine Edmonds, you know, the, the pretty guy. He's 6'5", yeah. can run. But TJ's that under-the-radar dude that is, is, is gritty and is just going to get the job done. And I think he might end up being as successful – as Tremaine Edmonds. I do too. I think I think he will be in that in that front seven. I think he's gonna be the best player. Uh, you know, that that yeah, obviously you put a lot of resources into the secondary with Kyler Gordon and Tyreek Stevenson yeah. now, and of course Jalen Johnson going into his contract year. So you expect him to ball and Eddie yeah. Jackson, the, the rebirth of Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisket looks like a dude who's gonna be visiting some Pro Bowls here soon. But that front that front seven last year was not good. Not good. We had a bunch of guys, right? Well, I won't the front four is still not where we want it, but the, yeah. front, the front seven is a lot better. How do you feel about where they are edge rusher-wise? Because you go into this offseason and you go into the draft understanding what the need was, and you didn't feel it, really. So if there's anything that uh, – there's a few things. Like after we – after we zoom out from Ryan Poles can do no wrong, which I think he's had an extraordinary year and a half in terms of executing yeah. a plan and now going forward with the, the resources from that execution. But there's also some questions. There's also some questions. Like you said, you didn't want to allocate that kind of money to all fall linebackers on the game of Roquan Smith, but you go out and get TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds. Like <laughs> the, the, the edge rusher situation, uh, who's who's going to impact the quarterback in terms of the down lineman? You got two drafts picks are going to play a lot like what do you see this thing like how will he have to fill in some of these blanks and and were you surprised that some of these things didn't get addressed uh during the the prime time in free agency and also the draft you know i was a guy that was was semi-critical of of some of the moves that you know polls made because you know everybody's you know praise them so much like why didn't you bring in a dn but you, you think about it there was really only so many options you had and they were getting overpaid you look at the draft Okay, Jalen Carter, maybe you needed Darnell Wright at the time when when Jalen Carter is falling. I'm saying draft Jalen Carter. You got your three tech. You got your prep. Looking at it now, they yeah. made the right move. You needed Darnell Wright. Darnell Wright. You, you needed a guy to protect Fields. Now Braxton Jones gets to stay at left tackle. You really got a solid offensive line. You got the veteran in the middle with Kobe Whitehair. We hope he knows how to snap the ball. I remember back a couple years ago, we had a couple issues with that. I yes, love Tevin did. Jenkins. I'm, if there was a fan club for Tevin Jenkins, I'm on it. I'm a big Tev. Watching film, I'd watch the film after every game. This dude's nasty. What do you like about him? Oh, he's, he's a, he finishes blocks. He's grimy. He's in the run game. He is he is running downfield. He is playing 100 percent every play. He's athletic inside. He he's he's good at everything, man. He's just a physical player that finishes blocks. And I love Tevin Jenkins. I mean, just watching him, the the mentality he has. I feel like if you have five guys up front with that mindset that we are just going to block you to the whistle. We're going to chase down our quarterback. We're going to chase down our running back. We might get to him. We might not. But either way, we're going to help him up. That's when you know you have the right type of guys in your team. And then you bring in Nate Davis, who's similar to Tevin in that sense, where he's a nasty guy. I wish he was at OTAs. He's not there. I don't know what his reasons are. But if you're signing for a new team, OTAs are important. you got to learn this offense, man, in my opinion. I mean, he might have some excuses. So I don't want to say like, you know, he, but it, hopefully you had a good excuse because you get paid. You need to be there. You haven't learned this offense yet. 
This time is important, but I like Nate Davis's games. Obviously, Kobe Whitehair moving to center. And I think that the line isn't the best in the league, but I think it's set and it's a lot better than it was. So that's why I like Darnell Wright and obviously the D line. Okay, that's what we're talking about. Why haven't they signed a guy like Yannick Ngakwe? I think Polo's got a reason. Yannick Ngakwe went on Series SM talking about why he isn't signed yet. Dude wants a multi-year deal. If he's not the guy that you don't want on your team, I'm not going to pay him. You know, you want a multi-year deal. You don't you don't play in the run game. You just want to come out and third down and get, you know, get a few sacks a year. No, we want different players. And I understand that. Paul said you can't get it all done in one year. I think there's some veteran guys. Frank Clark, I love Leonard Floyd, wanted a big deal too. But he only signed a one-year deal. He's still got 30-plus yeah. million to, to spend. I think there's some guys out there that can help you. And if this team was further away – from what I see, I think they're close. I think they're a couple of edge rushers away from being a contender. I don't think the NFC North is as strong as some people think. I know I everybody's agree. down in Detroit. Don't forget, Detroit was the worst defense in the league in yardage last year. I know they signed C.J. Garner-Johnson, Cameron Sutton. You drafted Jack Campbell in the first round, an off-ball linebacker. Talk about us paying an off-ball linebacker. Yeah, you got a good safety and from, from Alabama, too. But... Yeah. I'm still not sold on Jared Goff. His numbers were inflated for as good as he really was. They, their running back move, I kind of feel like it was lateral. I love Montgomery. Get rid of Swift. You know, you, you get you draft Jameer Gibbs, maybe a little high. You got Montgomery and um, Williams. So, I mean, you've lost two good running backs. You, you bring in two good running backs. Right. Jamison Williams is out for the first six games. I'm not sold on them. And Aaron Rodgers is gone. He doesn't own Chicago anymore. Right, 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 right. Opens up a lot of things. Yeah. Now I've I've already said on this pod that I think the Bears have a good chance of finishing second in this division. Uh, I you know Brian Flores has to man that that uh, Minnesota Vikings defense going forward, but from what I saw, I, th- I think the the clock is ticking on the old Kirk Cousins time in Minnesota when yeah. you see a playoff game where you can't get the ball to the offensive player of the year, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, I uh, we're gonna get into the, the Justin Fields part because I do want to dig into your knowledge base about the things that you saw in New England uh, around yeah. Bill Belichick and around Tom yeah. Brady and all those boys, and I look forward to that time. And I, I know I've taken up enough of your time. Let's let's uh let's let's do part two of this very soon, my man. I, I truly appreciate you hanging out with us though. No, I absolutely appreciate you guys having me. Clay Harbor, ladies and gentlemen, you'll be hearing him more right here on the Full Go Podcast. It's the Full Go you know, the outtakes of the Full Go podcast are um, if Chris Sutton and Tony Gill ever wanna ever want to put out, you know, a little bootleg mixtape. It's right there for you, ladies and gentlemen. I won't be working in this business anymore, but, you know, <laughs> the, the fellas will have I mean, fun with it. You could, you could have them pay for it extra. You can make another um, another lick off, off the ringer and, and say, hey, if you want this this extra uh-huh. special copy of the undercover uh-huh. copy of uh, the full go, sell me $20. A little pirate, <laughs> little pirate, yeah, little pirate Patreon, huh? Is that what we on? You know, Bill, like, look at Bill Simmons, like, all right, that's, that's strike three. <laughs> all right, let's, let's go ahead. <laughs> He's talking about moving this thing to Patreon, guys. All right, we want to thank our guest, um, former Eagle, former Saint, former Jaguar, former Lion, uh, Clay Harbor. 
uh, former tight end, former NFL veteran. He will be joining us, I think, throughout this offseason and into the season. Uh, good dude. Got a wealth of knowledge and just seems like a good time. This man broke his wrist on The Bachelorette. Like, I don't know how many stories you got, but if if your story don't sound like that or start like that, then I don't want to hear it going forward. Uh, so shout out to Clay Harbor for joining us. want to also thank our production staff, uh, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, my main man, Tony Gill, and the chief vibes officer himself, Chris Sutton. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff, thanking you for downloading this thing, thanking you for subscribing to this thing, thanking you for uh, rating and reviewing it, right? And giving it the five stars that you know it needs. If not, we will see you in these streets. Make sure you keep the voicemail line close, near and dear to your heart. 773-359-3103. If you want to drop us a line at any point in time, feel free to do so. 773-359-3103. We will holler at y'all on Therapy Thursdays, right? We're going to have game three of the NBA Finals in the bag to talk about. You know, we're going to talk about the end of this Yankees-White Sox series. White Sox are already off to a good start, right? Cubs back in the swing of things. We'll have a Marcus Stroman start to talk about from from that point as well on Thursday. So looking forward to Thursday's pod. We will catch you right here uh, on The Ringer and of course Spotify, wherever else you get your podcast. But until then, we leave you with this as always. Take care of each other, be safe, and always remain sucker free.